Welcome to the Lift Yourself podcast. I'm your host, Laura, and this podcast has been created to provide you with inspirational and uplifting content to help you level up in life. Join me while I interview amazing guests from around the world who share their highs, lows, successes, failures, tips and advice to help you along your own journey. I am also sharing my own transformation process with you while I am on the road to becoming my ultimate self. In this podcast, you can expect all things mindset, health, fitness, spirituality and personal development. I'm so happy that you're joining me today. So let's get started. Hello, welcome back to the podcast. I'm sorry if it sounds a little bit funny. I'm just sat here with I'm I'm fully transparent on this podcast, like I just don't hold back. And I'm sat here recording this intro with a sheet face mask on. I've got my rose quartz face roller in one hand and my hair in pink curls and I'm just living the self-care life to be honest because it has definitely been needed for me after the past week that I have had but I'm not going to go into too much detail around what's been going on for me as such if you do follow me on Instagram you've probably picked up on a couple of things but I'm just like sat here and feeling really excited for the weekend because I'm actually going to Birmingham tomorrow well by the time you listen to this I will have already been but I'm going to meet Kavita who is known as 5am girl and she was actually the first person that I ever recorded ever recorded ever interviewed on this podcast and we formed a friendship ever since we met on Instagram and yeah we just planned to go on a night out and yeah I'm just so excited because she's booked a few different bars for us to go to and a nice restaurant and we'll just see where the night takes us but I definitely think it is important to sometimes let go of the set routine, let go of the strictness and the rigidness in life and allow yourself to just have a little bit of fun, allow yourself to stop being so hard on yourself, let your hair down and just live your friggin' life. Like honestly, it gets to the point with me where it's like, yeah, set your goals, have your discipline, work towards what you want to be doing, take responsibility for your life, but every now and then, especially when you've been through a bit of a shitty time, you just need to have a little bit of a blowout and have a laugh and just find yourself in that sense. That's just my advice. I mean, obviously I am no expert, but I think you do need to just do what makes your soul happy. And have a little bit of fun with people who you get on with, who you know are good people and they are there for the right intentions. So it is definitely about putting yourself first, I would say. (laughs) But yeah, anyway, so this episode, I absolutely love recording it. And to be honest, it is completely different to any episode that I've done before on the podcast. But a couple of things. I I wanted to get this particular, well, you'll you'll see who it is in the title (laughs) i wanted to get lily on to the show because of what it is that she does and the fact that asmr is so popular on the internet it's everywhere on youtube but it's not something that you hear spoken about a lot like it's never something that i've ever had a conversation with anybody in person with and i actually go as we're recording 
Lily starts asking me a couple of questions about ASMR and I actually said, I say to her, well, you'll hear that I feel quite vulnerable because it's not something that I've told anybody that I'm aware of what ASMR is, but I'm a big believer in the fact if you own your vulnerability, you set like a, it's like a strength. It's a strength because it then gives other people permission to stand up and to also voice their opinion as well. And I know ASMR is like a little bit of a minor example, but it's still the same thing. It's all about courage and it's whatever courage is to you. So I wanted to get Lily on, obviously to talk about the ASMR aspect of things, but also from following her channel on YouTube, I'm subscribed to her. Um, she's been talking a lot about internet safety, online safety for creators, but also online safety for, for general people and spreading awareness to ensure that people are being mindful of what they are posting online and how they could be tracked down to so what they could do to like protect themselves basically especially for me as a small creator somebody who is still building an audience you know you can be naive to certain things if it's not something that you've experienced or encountered before and I guess as Lily has got a larger platform she's then able to almost like spread this message and just offer the information and then it's up to people whatever the whatever people like want to do with that is their choice but she can just provide the guidance and I think it's great. So I wanted to talk to her also about internet safety and how people can just keep themselves in check and make sure that they aren't kind of being led down another path. We also spoke about Lily's habits, routines and her mindset, how she keeps herself in, in on track, how she looks after herself, takes care of herself. I like these types of conversations because they just flow and they go so, so quick. And I think as a listener, you could probably sense the energy of the conversation that we just connected, even though it was over a Zoom call, obviously, because Lily's based in America. It was still a really good interview and I'm so thankful for Lily to co- agreeing to come on the podcast. And I hope that you do enjoy it. I think, I think you definitely will. And the only other thing I'd say be open-minded about ASMR it's not for everybody just like you know nothing is everyone you can't like what's that saying nothing is everyone's cup of tea you know people have got the thing and let people be I say and if it's something you know you're not doing any harm to anybody and it's helping you in some way shape or form then so be it and I think who are we to judge what another person does as long as it's morally right you know you're not hurting anyone offending anyone or harming anyone then I, I, I don't know I just don't I don't see a big issue and that's what makes the world so unique I guess because we're all different but anyway before I let the interview play and introduce you to Lily um if you do enjoy this episode I would be so grateful if you could give this episode a like if you want on the Apple podcast review and I will also link Lily's channel in the show notes if you want to check it out after listening to this episode. And other than that, thank you so much for listening to me. You know how grateful I am and I have even more amazing content coming up. So have a lovely day or night wherever you are listening to this and I will speak to you all later. Welcome to the podcast, Lily. How are you? Doing well. How about yourself? 
Oh, I'm really good. Thank you. It is so warm in the UK at the moment. We're currently having like a little mini heat wave and I'm, I'm sweating. I've had to open the window whilst I'm recording. But if it gets a little bit too noisy, I'm just going to have to close it because um, I don't want to melt whilst I'm recording this. <laughs> Does it get humid in England? Do you guys it have- can, Yeah, it can do when, because we're not used to having this you know, level of heat, like you guys, uh, we don't really have aircon in buildings. So mm. when it when it is warm, it's like we feel it. And I have got a fan as well, but obviously don't want to put that on right now whilst I'm recording. So we, you know, I'm being a typical Brit, aren't I? Just moving about <laughs> the weather. <laughs> no, we all do it. We we um we have a lot of humidity here on the east coast, and so um I am constantly cranking my air conditioning. <laughs> oh, I love that. So what I thought would be good as a starting point, Lily, is for you to give us an introduction as to who you are and what it is that you do for the listeners that might not know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I'm Lily. I also go by Lily Whispers ASMR on YouTube, um, where I create ASMR content. And if you're unfamiliar with ASMR, um, it is, uh, the acronym stands for Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. And the sounds are there to provoke a sense of calmness, to help ease anxiety. Um, I've heard from my subscribers that it helps them feel less lonely, less sad. And obviously it's not there as a a prescription medicine. You know, I obviously like to encourage um, my subscribers, please take care of your mental health in addition to watching ASMR. Um, But ASMR is mainly there to help you relax, fall asleep um, with whispers and soothing sounds. There's so much that I want to delve into with you about ASMR because I do still feel like it's a topic that not a lot of people discuss. Would you agree? Yeah, it's anytime I think that it's getting more mainstream, I'll bring it up to somebody and they're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And I'm like, okay, I'll explain it to you. Um, but yeah, it's 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 kind of, it goes through waves of, um, of notoriety, I guess. Mm, and I feel like a lot of people are aware of it because there's so many creators and so many subscribers to ASMR channels, but they don't necessarily talk about it with friends. And I guess the first question that I wanted to ask you was when you created your ASMR channel, did you have any fears? Was there anything that was holding you back from, from going into this like niche? So it's so weird. Um, I started making ASMR content almost 10 years ago. Um, And before that, it didn't have a lot of the little nooks and crannies that the community has now. Um, You know, there's ASMR for everything, uh, good and bad little corners of the internet with ASMR. And so when I made my channel, I felt less um, because I just had didn't really have a strong bias, a strong opinion. It was still a very small community. It wasn't as big as it is now. Um, I didn't really have too much keep me from making content in that regard. I think it was more so of finding the motivation to start. Um, I tend to go through lapses of creativity and I get kind of hard on myself. Um, And so in those instances, I won't make content. And I remember I was so scared. I was like living in the future. I was so scared of going through one of those lapses. I was like, maybe I shouldn't even start. Maybe I shouldn't even do it. And then one day it was like right before I was going into work, I was working as a lifeguard that year. It was the summer after my freshman year of college. 
and I just made a quick makeup role play on my iPhone. I think it was like an iPhone 4 or something at the time. And I just posted it. And I was like, all right, let's see how this goes. Mm, and then did it just start to get more and more attraction as you kept posting? Yeah, I got a lot of great, well, a lot of, you know, people were like, why are you whispering? What is this? Because again, it was so new. Now I think people have more of an awareness of ASMR. So um, I always talk about the the change of my comments. Now people are like, less like, why are you whispering? They're more like, hey, can you whisper like this? Or can you do this? You know, everyone's an ASMR connoisseur, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, 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 because I think there was so much white space, like there weren't as many ASMR artists as there are now. Like, I feel like, you know, everybody makes ASMR these days. I've, you know, there's so many ASMR artists, which is wonderful for the community. People have like a treasure trove of content. But back then when there wasn't, um, I think my channel grew, uh, started growing pretty quickly. I remember like meeting my first, like getting my first thousand subscribers um, and having like my first YouTube paycheck, like those little milestones. It seems like literally a lifetime ago. Um, now that I'm talking about it, but um, ah. yeah, just kind of people were really in, um, encouraging and positive and, and gave me great feedback. And so I just kept with it. That's so good. And I think as well, even a lot of like YouTubers who aren't ASMR artists, create ASMR videos like there's been a trend hasn't there where I tried ASMR that goes around a lot now doesn't it with different channels yeah and then you see those people making ASMR channels because they're yeah. like wow like, this video got like three million you know hits like I might as well make a channel so that's always cool too mm. yeah let's talk about the benefits of ASMR a little bit more I know you touched on it in your introduction around like helping people feel less alone and um, if they're dealing with anxiety or all of that, all of those things. And I get what you're saying. It's not like a, a replacement for anything medical or therapy wise, but it can be in addition to help people. How, how is, how does that happen to you now? And where did you first learn about that being a positive factor for people? So it's really interesting. I kind of felt it before I even knew what it did when I first watched my, well, when I watched my first ASMR video, um, I was second semester freshman year, it was finals, and I was under so much stress, but there were also things happening in Greek life. Um, I don't know if sororities are like a big thing in the UK, but, you know, we have Greek life in the US and universities, sororities and fraternities and whatnot, and so there's social groups and um, we have functions, and I remember I was, you know, amongst or just kind of being in the trenches of the stress of finals, you know, they always throw in a formal here for like some people. So I had a formal coming up and I wanted to emulate Lana Del Rey's um, Mm. hairstyle. And so I was just on YouTube, like watching some hair tutorials, you know, as we've all, I feel like done or most of us and um, appreciate ASMR's video was recommended to me. And I was like, what is this acronym? So I watched it without headphones. I was like, this is so weird, but I was so intrigued because I was like, why is she pretending like she's talking to me? Like, this is so cool. And then I watched it with headphones and I felt tingles and I felt so relaxed and I had a wonderful nap and I remember just being hooked ever since. And so I, when I felt the tingles, I was like, and I hate that word. I think I, you know, I just, the word tingles, it's, 
And for those of you who don't know, it's to describe the feeling that ASMR aims to provoke. Like some people don't get tingles, but it's it's kind of like a warm shiver that runs down your spine, goes down your back. And it's just like every, I mean, that's main, that's what the community kind of started as to, to provoke those types of sounds. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, I just felt so relaxed. I was like, what is this? And there was like no science on it. You know, there was very little literature. And then as the years went on, I was like, oh, this is meant, this is, you know, supposed to relax me. And it does. And I feel in addition to the sound and the tingles that ASMR, um, you know, wants to make, there's a level of intimacy and comfort associated that I personally get from ASMR videos. Some days after like, you know, I live by myself after a long day, I've, um, you know, maybe not had the best day at work and I nestle down in bed it's like part of my self-care routine you know you put on a face mask uh you light a candle and then I'll put on an ASMR channel you know a video and I'm like all right she's doing she's doing my makeup or like maybe I'll take a little trip to the spa so um you know and I wish that there was a little bit more science uh talking about the benefits of ASMR I know that there's a lot of studies I'm actually participating in one um next month about talking about um you know the benefits of ASMR Um, but it's, it's kind of like one of those things that speaks for itself, just given the volume of support the community has and testimonials for, from viewers. Mm, Because there is such a massive community and followers of ASMR, there must be something going on here and whether it's the brain's responses to the visuals and the sounds, like a combination of both, because there's different types of ASMR, isn't there? And I know you've touched on yours being soft-spoken and whispers, but there's like eating, there's roll (laughs) plays, there's all kinds of different types of ASMR out there on the internet. And it's crazy because I don't think like every single trigger is for everybody. I don't know if you agree. I think, yeah, I think you kind of need to find what suits you and, um, yeah. Out of curiosity, what kind of ASMR videos are your favorite to watch? I would probably say yours. And oh. I, like, I like I like Julia as well. Oh, Julia's um, the best. Yeah, I like Julia. And who else? Um, Do I you like, say... like role plays or rambles or like certain sounds? Like what are your triggers, I guess? I, I like listening to just like rambles. So like life updates and just like, just chat like discussions um not so much role plays I don't mind watching makeup tutorials like makeup ones yeah um, I, I also like that um Dean ASMR as well I like his stuff because he's quite quirky yeah yeah um so yeah and then in terms of triggers it's more around like visual soft calm because I'm quite a on-the-go person like mm-hmm. 100 miles an hour really ambitious and wanting to get stuff done and I think sometimes I I struggle to switch off at night so like the ASMR like the soft stuff like the soft speaking calm just really helps me to just almost like escape that reality the reality yeah unwind definitely and um, it's to be honest with you Lily it's not something that I talk about with people that I watch ASMR so this is quite me being quite vulnerable to me but Aww. I still felt it was important because I know I won't be the only person who enjoys watching ASMR, clearly. <laughs> so it's interesting that you say that because I didn't tell anybody in my life that I was making these ASMR videos when I first started. And no Julia, way. 
was one yeah. of the first, actually the first friend that really found out that I was watching ASMR videos because she used to watch them as well. Um, but I felt like people wouldn't get it. And I always have been kind of a misunderstood person. Like I've always been into, you know, just like different trends and just been like a little bit quirky in my own way. And I, something that bloomed um, and became so special to me as ASMR and the community I was building, I just had this protection. I was like, I don't want to let anyone know. I want it to be my secret little thing. I just have my little community. And like, I didn't want the outside world kind of looking in and ruining it. And I think I've spoken about like people have been unkind to me in the past of my ASMR content. Um, but I definitely, I definitely understand where you're coming from because some people just are not open-minded and they don't get it. Um, and I think that there's, you know, there's two sides of that. That's great if it's not for you and you, you're not into it, but there's something to be said about people who um, are cruel about it and they choose to pick on you about it like that. Um, as I've gotten older, you know, I'm 27 now. I started making content when I was 19. I wish I could just give 19 Lily a hug and be like, you know, that says more about them than it does you like keep doing it. Like, you know, you're doing wonderful things. Um, and it took me many, many years um, to realize that what people have to say about what you're doing speaks more about them than it does you. Yeah. And everybody has their own thing that they enjoy. And it's not about like, what is right and what's wrong but I think a lot of it with ASMR it can be misunderstood and I don't know whether you agree here um, because obviously you know a lot more than me but I think some people's initial responses is that oh it's um, like sexualized like it's it's for sexual gratification and I think that's completely like the misinterpretation of what ASMR is is about and what it's how it can help people would you agree? I absolutely agree. And at its core, it's not meant to arouse. And I actually was recently on um, a panel. Uh, ASMR has its own convention. It's called TingleCon. And I was speaking about the sexualization of recent years, I would say, of ASMR, um, because it seems like a lot of people are just mixing. Um, I mean, you can sexualize anything, you know, and I mm. speak that with passion, like you can literally sexualize anything. Um, but I think just given the comfort and like the, I mean, it's not meant to arouse, but there is a level of intimacy there, you know, of like, mm. you know, you're, it's a very one-on-one -on -one experience with you and the ASMR creator. I know it kind of would probably sound weird to your listeners that have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> you just have to watch one and see. Um, but yeah, I think the, you know, it, it inherently isn't sexual on its own. I think that people make it um, I think there are some people that make it sexual though. And I think that that also um, tends to muddy up the waters of what the ASMR community is all about. Mm, you're so right. The people will sexualize anything like fitness. Fitness is often sexualized, isn't it? For example, um, and ASMR, there will always be like creators who want to create the, that type of content and that's just the weird world of the internet lately. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I'm all for, I'm all for whatever people want to do, but I think that there is a time and a place where it's appropriate. And I have spoken at lengths that I do not agree that that content um, with any type of sexual undertone should be on YouTube. Mm, I agree. Definitely. I think there's platforms and places for stuff like that, isn't there? 
um, on the internet so many like they make it like too easy <laughs> mm, yeah and I think it starts to kind of like muddy the waters and I wanted to bring in one of the most recent videos that you recorded which was titled what is going on in the ASMR community and I think you've done about three videos now haven't you following from the back of that but if the listeners don't know what that video is about would you mind just giving us a brief overview as to why you created that video yeah absolutely so it was kind of interesting I think um I am queen of rabbit holes like I will sit there and I if I was I was watching like Marie Antoinette um with Kirsten Dunst uh, a couple weeks ago and then I fell down a rabbit hole of like you know the couple of family and Marie Antoinette and like I just always fall down these google rabbit holes if you will Mm. um and I would get this comment that this person would always request the reading of this commotion in the ocean book by Giles Andre. And I never fulfilled the request. I didn't think really think anything of it. And then I started seeing it in my subscription box from other ASMR creators. And I was like, this is really weird that this, like I personally have never heard of this book. I guess the author is actually um, from the UK, side note. Um, But I was like, this is so weird. Like, why is this person like just obsessed with this book? Well, now having done three videos and gone on like a little internet sleuthing, I can say that, um, you know, unveiling what that person's intentions were, which was to act as a um, kind of a puppeteer. Mm. um, And he was controlling, trying to control the content of other ASMR creators um, because I think ASMR creators in general, they really, I mean, I think we really are engaged with our audience we really look for, um, you know, positive reinforcement. We we open our audience up to requests, and I think this guy really took advantage because he was kind of acting out his own um, YouTube success, if you will. I think that he was getting a type of sexual gratification from knowing that all these people were fulfilling this request that he came up with, and he's just this wonderful king of the internet or whatever. Mm. Um, but what? came out of that video that I posted was something that I actually found more valuable than the commotion in the ocean business was um, fetish mining in the ASMR community. And for those of you who don't know what fetish mining is, it's it doesn't happen just on YouTube. It doesn't happen just in the ASMR community. It happens on Poshmark. It happens on Depop. It happens basically where, where like a lot more places that you would think um, than you would think. And it's when someone ask something of you without being upfront of its intention. So for instance, you know, if you're selling a blouse or um, a blouse, you know, on, on Poshmark or Depop and and someone says, well, um, you know, what color bra are you wearing underneath that blouse? And it's like, it doesn't really have anything to do with what you're selling, but I guess I'm doing a bad job of explaining fetish mining, but essentially when people um, are, asking something of the content creator, whether it's a YouTuber, et cetera, without being upfront of what that request being fulfilled would fulfill. Um, because it's they're, they're looking for a fetish to be fulfilled without you being aware of it. Um, and they're doing it in a way that seems non-threatening. Um, and they're doing it in an exploitative way. And they're also getting off on the idea that you are unaware that you're fulfilling this request. So for instance, there is a large community of ASMRs that I've noticed 
um, falling victim to a recent fetish mind that I just was not even aware of, which was um, duct tape. Like there's like a duct tape fetish and people are requesting these ASMR artists like, hey, can you duct tape your mouth and like play with duct tape or like whatever? And like, I get it. There are some ASMR sounds that are unusual and people find them relaxing, but that isn't that. Um, those requests for very overtly or overly specific, um, you know, sounds and whatnot are usually cloaking a fetish. Um, and they're looking for content creators to fulfill that fetish, also getting off the idea that these content creators have no idea that it's a fetish. So, you know, eager to please, they're like, yeah, I'll do that. Um, I know I just gave like a very convoluted answer. Hopefully that um, shed a little bit of light on it, but it's really um, kind of uncovered a dark side of the ASMR community that I have been struggling. My mental health has been struggling for it because I've just been, again, falling down these rabbit holes and like even found out that like one of my most popular videos was like a bubblegum blowing and snapping like fetish like oh, there's a lot of fetish and fetishes and it's not to kink shame like you can have your fetishes I think that what becomes when it becomes an issue is that you're not being upfront that it's for a fetish it's for your fetish it's you're making it seem like it's just like this innocent request that you're asking for content creators to fulfill um, when in fact it's not mm -hmm. so you know it's exploitative it's inappropriate and it's um you know, it's it's running kind of uh, muck, uh, kind of crazy in the ASMR comments lately. Yeah, and it's being over-personalized with the creators as well to the point where it's like overstepping the mark, um, which, like you say, when the creator isn't aware of that, it's just completely wrong. And it puts the creator in a difficult position because obviously as yourself, you create videos because you want to help people in some way. You obviously have a creative side and you enjoy doing it. But when you bring in stuff like that, the dark side, it just makes you feel really uncomfortable because you're thinking, what are these people like thinking? Why are they, why are they making these requests? Like what is the underlying message? And in some ways, does it almost like put you off wanting to create the videos with that fear that of what someone or the, the viewer on the other side who is fetish man and may perceive it to be, or do you not allow that to affect you so much? Um, so I think it's kind of a, you know, double-edged sword in the sense that like, I know that people watch just like the way that I know that people will look at anybody's Instagram and do, you know, just be creepy. Um, behind the scenes and I can't hmm. control how someone perceives my ASMR content. My ASMR content isn't to um, to arouse. It's not it's not my intention to, yeah, to arouse my viewers, but I know that there's probably some creeps on the internet. Um, I had this one guy that thought my videos were actually made for him. Like he would think that all of my videos were for him and he would send oh, wow. me like, his phone number and his email to my like ASMR email. And he was like, all right, let's do this. Let's be in a, cause like, you know, I am like in my videos, I'm like giving you, I'm giving positive affirmations. I'm like, you're so kind. You're a wonderful person. And this person was like perceiving it as if I was talking to him, which is like kind of crazy. So you really don't know how people are, um, you know, perceiving your content. Um, I have strayed away from a lot of requests on my channel. I tend to stick with the things that I feel comfortable doing, um, you know, if, and I have a pretty good eye for it. You know, if someone's going to ask me to like, 
I don't know, like there's like this X, they're like, oh, can you do a video with black nail polish? I'm like, no, that's weird. Why do you have to control? Like, why do you want to control what nail polish Mm. I'm wearing? And so like, I usually, my little voice inside my head, it's like, ah, something's wrong with that. Um, So I follow my gut in that regard. It does deter me from making, um, from opening up my content like you know I'll ask my audience like it does deter me from being like oh what kind of stuff do you want to see and like it does deter me from making those conversations with my audience that I so much enjoyed um because I am scared that like because so there's so many fetishes on the internet like I am scared that like something so innocent or that I perceive as innocent is actually you know a guy being like having malicious intent or sexual intent behind it Mm -hmm. um but for the most part I think I've worked really hard to make a community of mainly women. You know, my audience is um, surprisingly like I think 75 or 78% female um, and kind of, con- and I kind of guide the content in that way of talking about makeup and doing like, you know, beauty type ramble things and just talking about, you know, women problems, et cetera, or the things that I experience as a woman. Um, but yeah, it does, it it makes it also kind of invokes a sense of protection amongst other creators so I've like I've taken upon myself to be like I've found these videos that are like clearly these creators not knowing that they're fulfilling a request I've been like hey just let you know this is a very popular fetish I just want to make you aware and I've gotten good and bad feedback from doing that people are like oh you know you think you're Mother Teresa of the ASMR community it's like listen like people want to make that content and choose to make it that's fine but the lack of awareness that most of these creators have of the fetishes is where I would like to come in and at least make them aware if that you know if they already are aware and they're still making that content because they don't care fine you know whatever mm. but I sleep better at night knowing that I'm like <laughs> trying to like make people aware because it was just really not spoken about up until recently yeah and is the some of the negative feedback from creators or consumers of ASMR uh a little bit of both I got like a really nasty comment from somebody because I was like leaving a similar comment on some channels you know just copying pasting and like editing it to be like Mm. hey this comment under you would tell from the comments underneath the fetish videos um or at least I could and uh, someone was like, stop it. Like, I think it's people who are fetish minors that are mad that I'm exposing them, quite frankly. <laughs> and then one content creator was like, hey, you know, I'm aware, you know, I don't really care um, or whatever. And it's like, all right, that's cool. But then I also feel like kind of like, I'm like, oh, girl, like it was a girl in this case. I was like, oh, you know, it, it's it's stuff like this that like, I think drags down the good name of ASMR. And so I like, you know, I had to respect her opinion of choosing to make that type of content and doing those types of things. But like, it was so like her channel was so inherently fulfilling fetish requests that it made me uncomfortable to be watching it on YouTube. But that's just my opinion. Of course. And if you're, you know, you're a good person and you just want them to try and help people and open up their awareness, like you said, you can't, we can't control another person's behavior and what they choose to do. We can only provide the information and then whoever wants to take that on board and look at their own safety online, then that's great. And you know, you've done all you can. Yeah. So that's like the frustrating thing. It's like kind of when like you give, like your friend asks you for advice and you give advice and then they do something else and you're like, God, I can't control yeah. what you do, but I wish you would have listened to me. You know, it's kind yeah. of <laughs> definitely. I think we've all been there as well, haven't we? So we can relate to that. Mm-hmm. 
but in terms of people who are creators and whether that is ASMR or just general creators on Instagram or YouTube or TikTok what tips would you give for people to ensure that they are keeping themselves safe online and they're doing all that they can and I know obviously one of the most important things you've pointed out is trusting your gut and your intuition but is there anything else that you would say? So um, yeah, I think that intuition plays a lot into it. I know that a lot of people's um, intuition comes from their life experiences though. So I always have to like take myself from, away from the equation and say, all right, well, these people might not have had the exposure to the scary things that I did. So like they're a little bit more trusting of people on the internet. Um, obviously, you know, if you're online to, and, and it's not, and your online persona is not your full-time job, um, to separate or try to do the best of your ability to separate your online persona from who you are in real life. Um, implementing certain, um, you know, safety measures such as a VPN or a firewall, et cetera, um, to add a level of security. And then also to create a conversation. Like, I think we're, and and I think a lot of people are just um, they, you know, there's a level of loneliness, I think, with content creation, because you're a one person show a lot of the times. Um, but me, personally, I've found so much benefit from being like, hey, guys, I got this comment. This is weird, right? Like, how do you guys feel about it? What do you think? And it opens up, you know, other people to provide their two cents. Yes, mm. but like, other people are going to per- share their perspectives, or maybe they had an instance with a content creator or a commenter, sorry, um, where like they saw a threatening uh, comment from that person. So I've made, since since making my video series, I've made a discord for ASMR artists where we can say, hey, you know, Joe Schmo 123 is asking me to do this Expo Marker video. Just want to let you guys know it's a fetish, etc. Yeah, um, I love that. I love that you're doing that. I think that's yeah, and it's and it's so crazy because like I always will say there's three big things to stay safe, especially with, you know, what's happening in the ASMR community just in general is education, awareness, and conversation. I think those three things will just help you become um, a safer content creator on the internet. Um, Yeah, I wish that I would have done a lot of things differently when I made my channel. Um, Like, for instance, like, who knows, would have been Buttercup ASMR instead of Lily Whispers, which is like my real name. Um, you know, there's content creators like GB ASMR who's not open about where she lives. She's very, very private um, because the internet's a very dark and scary place. Um, but, you know, I also think, and if people's, you know, um, for peace of mind, and this is mainly for big, I mean, there's a lot, I mean, I've had my content, um, for instance, I did this, this uh, lookbook type of like fashion haul right on my channel a couple years ago. And like, I was wearing jeans and I was wearing a bodysuit and like, I wasn't even wearing a bikini in this one. And it got re-uploaded to Pornhub. And I was like, and I remember like, I was so distraught over this. I was like, I don't want this on there. Like, this is horrible. And I remember telling my dad and my dad was like, wow, those poor viewers that are going to watch your like lookbook on Pornhub and realize that like, there's not even like a boob, like a side boob. Like it was just literally me trying on clothes. Um, but I have a multi-channel network um, that I partnered with on YouTube. Um, they partner with so many content creators. Sometimes they don't even have minimums for, you know, your subscriber account mm. or whatever. Um, and because 
of uh, their legal team was able to take it off of Pornhub and, and does a lot of that um, DMs complaints mm-hmm. for me, which is really great. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, I would also just be mindful. And I think a piece of advice that I would share is you don't owe anyone anything, you know, as a content creator, you might think that you do because, you know, you might feel like, you know, obviously your commuter community makes you who you are in a certain way. Like you owe them a lot because, you know, they're more than numbers. They're, they're commenting, they're, they're active listeners, they're active participants for which I'm forever grateful. But at the end of the day, like a lot of them don't know what I go through as a content creator and the scary side of it. Um, and I think I've been talking about it maybe a little bit too much because people are like, can you go back to doing ASMR? Like, this is really scary for you to talk about. It's like, you know what? This is a part of my life every single day that I kind of like, unfortunately, like there are some things that I have to live in fear of, but I think for the most part, you know, I, I take pride in being safe online. I take pride in trying to protect my friends and family from, um, you know, what I do online and trying to separate the two things because I, also take pride in being multifaceted. Like I don't want to just be put into a box of being ASMR. Like I also like Instagram content. I also like my cybersecurity job. You know, I do work in cybersecurity full time. So, um, you know, being able to have all of those different corners of my life, you know, there's certain precautions that I have to take that maybe other content creators don't. Like I always look at those big ones like Tana Manja or whatever and those really big like TikTokers and stuff. I'm like, wow, they post wherever they are. They don't really care. Like they have like security and stuff. Like they're at the top 1% of those content creators. And a lot of content creators aren't privileged enough to have like a full legal team backing them and, you know, a bodyguard or anything like that. So I think it's, Mm. yes, intuition definitely plays a big role in it, but also like those little things that you can do of implementing a VPN and a firewall on your devices. Yeah, that must have been awful, that video being uploaded to Pornhub. I'm so glad that you were able to get it taken down as well because it's just it just goes back to what we were saying before about the strange, strange people of the internet and also as well, you just don't know what other people are perceiving your content to be and there's, there's things in the world, as we know, such as stalkers and if you're oversharing and you're putting things constantly online and you're not realizing that pe- people are watching this behind the screen. So if you're like posting where you know where you live, what car you drive, you know all these personal details, it doesn't take much for people to be able to track you down. And it's it's really scary to think about. And I can understand why certain people want to shy away from it. But at the same time, I think because of your job in um, cybersecurity, you've got that level of passion of wanting to spread that awareness, which I think is so important. Yeah, thank you. And just getting an on, ongoing conversation like these that we're having now, just making sure that we can spread a little bit of awareness. And I think, you know, you even hear about people who maybe don't have an online presence and they've also fallen victim to, you know, email phishing account, um, attacks. They've lost money or they may have met somebody online and, you know, you get catfished and things. I mean, catfish is literally, if you meet somebody online, like that's like, yeah, you're lucky if you get catfished at this point. Like I've heard some very scary stories, but yeah, I think an ongoing conversation and just educating yourself. And it is scary. That's the thing. It's like, sometimes I've, I've heard people are like, oh, well, ignorance is bliss. I don't really want to read about it. Like, it's just going to keep me up at night. And it's like, that's a really naive, but bold you know, position you're taking. I wish that I could, that I felt like I I felt less inclined to educate myself on things like this because, um, you know, it's, it's, it's scary out there. 
Mm, it is, but at the same time, it is having that understanding and knowledge to be able to protect yourself and not fall potential victim to things when you could avoid it through just keeping yourself safe in general. Um, so yeah, I do think it is good that you are speaking out about it and that you've created this community where ASM artists can be a part of it. And almost like if, if a comment pops up and they're unsure about it, you can put it onto this platform where it's private for you to all see and, and check whether it is a little bit dodgy. And um, you know, you want to be able to help people feel comfortable to be creative, I guess, but then be smart with what they're posting. Um, and there's a range of pe people who create ASMR, isn't there, on YouTube. It's not just like a, a stereotypical type of creator. There's so many different types out there. And what gets even crazier is that there's a lot of children making ASMR, you know, and maybe not even like eight-year-olds. Like there's like people who are like on the brink of adulthood. Um, and it's, and I've seen, again, going down my rabbit holes, like I've seen some very um, scary comments under kids' videos that don't have adult supervision. And they actually, YouTube made it so that you can't comment on kids' videos, but these kids yeah. are like using their parents' accounts. They're lying about their age. Like, and I'm like, oh my Ugh. gosh, like child, please. No, it's so, so vulnerable. Yeah. Like it's scary. It's scary. <gasps> and I think it's about the parents have parents have an awareness of, of things like this as well if their child is wanting to you know go on youtube and oh i mean that you i to be honest weird, though it's like i've talked to some kids kids don't even want to be you know movie stars anymore they want to be they want to grow up and yeah. be youtubers they want to grow up and be tiktokers like they don't want to be the things that i wanted to be when i was a kid i didn't really want to be a movie star but i'm just like saying that like, that was like a popular like you know, level of fame that people wanted to achieve. People don't want to be actors and actors. They want to be a YouTuber. Like, that's mm. crazy to me. It's just glamorized, isn't it? And I think, like you say, because of the 1% of creators who have, you know, made extremely big and done a lot, not just ASM artists, but YouTubers in general, that's what children these days do look up to and some adults as well. And it's almost like the goal, isn't it? And the aspiration to reach X amount of subscribers and make X amount of money on YouTube and that's that's what they just put all their focus into exactly exactly yeah. and it is very glamorized it is very glamorized and people don't talk enough about the dark side of the internet because I mean we're going to be honest there's like very little um, protection for people who post on the internet and there's very little regulation on the internet um so yeah just always mm. something to keep in mind when you're posting and sharing things Definitely. And I think you talking about it, I know you say you've had some negativity, but that's going to happen, isn't it? No one's always going to agree with what, you, what, what somebody says, you know, even when you have the best of intentions. But by speaking up and spreading that awareness, it will encourage other people to do that. And it can almost like start a bit of a movement because hopefully in the future, there will be more security and restrictions and consequences of people being inappropriate on the internet and exploiting people. And hopefully that's where we do see things go but nothing will change unless not what's I saying nothing changes unless nothing changes if nothing changes so we have to almost like get out of our comfort zones and talk about these things to spread that awareness don't we I think yeah I think that's like a key word is getting out of our comfort zones because there yeah you know have you ever felt the need to I mean there's a I think there's like a happy medium between like oversharing but I noticed like a lot of creators like they always say like you put your your highlight reel on social media 
And I definitely do that because I'm like, I don't want people to see that I'm like crying about this man thinking that he's dating me online. <laughs> you know, like that's not fun or interesting. Um, but I, I've gotten a little bit more candid recently on social media, just like talking about my experiences and the, I've gotten a lot of, um, the, actually the support of that has been overwhelming because I think people are getting kind of tired of um, people's filtered life always being yeah. online, whether it's Instagram or YouTube or something. It's just kind of like, you know what? Like, I can't relate to this. Like some people are getting so unrelatable. Like I think of no offense to the Ace family followers out there that, you know, adore them, but like, you know, these people lived in like a one bedroom apartment and now they live in this ginormous mansion and they're talking like, I'm just like, I can't relate to anything these people are doing anymore. And so I stopped watching. Cause I'm like, these people aren't relatable. You know, why do I, and I feel like a lot of people fall victim to that and deal with like some, like I was dealing with some self-confidence issues of like always seeing these like models in my feed. And I was like, oh, I wish I was, I wish I was this, I wish I was that or whatever. And so I just purged my follower list on Instagram. And I was like, you know what? No, I need to follow people who are my size because one, I'll be able to know what to wear because like you look at these models and you're like, oh, she can pull that off. But like me, you know, little Lily over here, like I'm, I can't do that. Um, so like just kind of controlling the content that we see as well, I think also, um, you know, helps the mind. Mm, definitely. And you, you said it, um, really clearly real is relatable. So I think when you are real and vulnerable, I really like Renee Brown's work around vulnerability. And when you start to almost like show that, what is real like it doesn't have to be over sharing and over personalized I wouldn't say but if you start to kind of see like obviously you like with um, Instagram you can post on stories like things with you know maybe if you're comfortable with no filter or no makeup or just kind of like if you're not feeling like you want to work out and go to the gym you know things like that because mm-hmm. I think people will start to relate to the fact of like oh you aren't a robot you aren't a machine who does this tick list every single day and has a perfect life and everything's fine and dandy like I think I've definitely and then you know what's so crazy is like they won't expose those dark parts of those life but that one percent like that sugar coating of like the constant making it seem like like I just recently read an article like the Ace family, like there's something going on with their house. You know, they they might have to move out of their house or something. Mm. And I'm just like, well, they would never be candid and open and talking about what they are going through because they are constantly presenting this togetherness that is, again, unrelatable, but very enthralling to a lot of people. Um, but then the tabloids are exposing them. So like, you know, people usually get theirs, I will say. Mm, it's the fault. I think it's like the pressure of trying to be perfect and we have it in real life and online even more so and and having that I think it comes back to self-love and having the self-respect and then you you don't need to seek that validation of of putting on this perfect online persona because you know you're already worthy enough as who you are and when you are vulnerable and when you're real people will more likely like you say want to follow you want to listen to what you've got to say and trust you too because you're not putting on this fake front that everything's amazing yeah, exactly. And it's, you know, I, I follow this one content creator on Instagram. Her name is Maria Layton and she's local here in Pennsylvania. And she like has a beautifully aesthetic feed. And I was like, wow, I'm so envy. And then she started posting like, um, she did this Halloween look two years ago where half of her face was like a full beat. And then the other half was just like not done. And I thought that was so cool. I was like, wow, because, and like, and on her Instagram story, she'll be like, this is me without a filter guys. 
you know, I know it's like important to like to see us because I feel like we're just, I always see myself. I feel like sometimes I'm like developing a little body dysmorphia because I'm like, oh, I, I need to put on, you know, this like one filter on my face to make my nose look smaller, like whatever stupid mm. thing it is. But like, it's important to recognize that like people don't look like that. And not even people that think that they look like that probably look like that. Like there's a lot of Photoshop going on to it. I know that we were going like a, maybe going off a little bit subject there, but I think it's important for people to hear that like, lives are sugar-coated so often that it's 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 branching too far away from reality sometimes and people need to understand that it's like it's okay to have a little dimple or a little zit on your nose like I know myself I'm breaking out right now you know I think it's important to remember uh same I'm having a breakout at the moment as well with stress <laughs> and stuff that's going on you know in in life and life happens doesn't it Lily and I think it's not going off on a tangent <laughs> yeah because I wanted to talk to you about mindset as well and touch on that before we we finish off because obviously this podcast is very much about helping people to uplift their life uplift their perspective and improve themselves from within so what would you say is the best piece of advice that you've ever been given Wow, the best piece of advice. <laughs> um, to narrow it down. <laughs> wow. I mean, I think, you know, I, I'm. it's so weird because the best piece of advice that I've been given has changed like every year, you know, it always is kind of like based on what I'm going through at the time that I, some, that I would hold something so true. Um, recently, my therapist has and I've been working a lot on putting myself first um, and to put yourself first and it doesn't make you selfish it doesn't make um, you know you cruel or anything um, but no one knows what you're going through nobody not even your your parents or your pet or you know your your significant other no one can know what's going on in your head um and I always used to put others first and others' opinions of me first. And I was really bad at um, holding up boundaries, um, especially, you know, on my online, because I felt like people, I always owed somebody an explanation for my behavior. And I still struggle with that sometimes um, because there's a level of real, you know, I obviously want to be real about my experiences that I'm going through. But sometimes like maybe I don't want to talk about the fact that I got lip injections just because like, does it really matter? Like maybe, cause I also don't want to, you know, um, show unrealistic beauty standards, I think. Um, so I think, I mean, I guess this is maybe two pieces of advice. The other piece of advice was something that my grandfather, my nonno, um, I'm Italian. So we call him, I call my grandfather and um, rest his soul. He's since passed like 11 years mm. now, but um, his piece of advice was everything is okay in moderation. So I think that's kind of the one that I've always kept throughout the years because like, it's like, all right, it's okay to, you know, eat a little crappy today because, you know, you're not going to eat crappy every day, you know, and that's going to be bad for your health or like you can drink a little bit, but you know, it's okay in moderation, you know, and mm. I think that's important to kind of know and realize somebody's, um, or recognize your own limits. Um, but 2021 has been the year of putting myself first. And this is like an ongoing thing. Like, it's not like a linear thing that I've been going, like, it's not been like an up and up journey. Like I have days where I struggle with that and I put another person first and then I deal with the, you know, consequences later. Um, but no one knows you like you. And mm. I think that's important for people to recognize. Yeah, self-awareness and self-acceptance is so important. And when, you know, you're putting yourself first and you're working on yourself, 
what are some of the things that you do do you have like a set routine like a morning routine or evening routine that you follow um so I I am kind of like a seasonal person I wish that I was a creature more of habit and I wish that I had more of a structure in my life um I moved it I bought a house and I recently moved in you know I've not recently but I've been in here for six months and I'm such a perfectionist in the sense where I'm like when I, you know, when I finish my bedroom remodel, I'll feel good. And then I'll get into my routine instead of upholding the routine and like letting all those other pieces fall into place. Um, but lately my routine has just been waking up. I've been trying to spend less time on my phone in bed in the morning. It delays me getting out of bed. Um, but I'm lucky that, you know, I don't have to be up at the crack of dawn. Like I have a very, um, flexible schedule in that way. Um, I like caffeine. I'm sipping on a coffee right now. I walk to the cafe nearby and I'll get my coffee. I'll walk my dog. Um, and then I work all day. You know, I have a nine to five um, or it's more like a 10 to, you know, eight or something. You know, we all have like working from home is weird, right? Mm. Um, but I think, you know, my my two biggest things are just like getting up and doing it, whatever it is, even if I migrate from my bedroom to like my couch to work or like my dining room table or whatever, just like get the act of like getting out of bed. I think sometimes I like just need to remember to do because man, I switched to linen sheets and they are so comfy. I do not (laughs) want to get out of bed in the morning. Um, and caffeine, you know, just getting a little caffeine. Um, and when I'm not drinking caffeine, sometimes it'll give me like a little bit of anxiety later in the day. Um, I'll switch to tea or like, I'll do like a day of drinking tea. Um, I've been trying to take walks. I've been trying to make time for like a walk every single day, whether it's first thing in the morning or like later in the evening, it gets my dog out. It gets me moving. Um, I tend to unfortunately live a very sedentary lifestyle just because, you know, I work from home and I'm on the computer a lot and I always have to feel like I have to stand up a little bit straighter. Mm. Um, but I, I always feel like crappy about myself because people are like yeah my routine is I wake up at 6 30 every day and then I write down my manifestations for the for the things and I'm like you know what that is so wonderful I wish that I could do that um I'm working on actually a manifestation board right now I want to make like a little bit of a collage I'm going to do a craft night with my best friend um coming up soon um we're going to print out some pictures and just like have that constant reminder of like where we want to be and what we're going towards um I'm a pretty big visual learner I would say and I like to keep things in my head but I think there's something to be said about seeing something I think it helps with manifesting so Mm. um and a constant reminder in my routine is just to be kind to myself every day of just like you know you don't have to work at 100 percent um all the time you know and I think that goes kind of hand in hand with what you see on Instagram what you see on YouTube is like these people who are like you know doing these wonderful wonderful things and I'm so envious and I get on myself and I'm like wait why am I getting on myself like they're working to their 100% maybe my 100% is like their 20% today you know or something like that so mm, I know that was like kind of a convoluted answer so I, I'm sorry I guess maybe like part of me is like I don't have like a routine you know but no I but I could relate to what you said because I do think that depending on the season depends on what works for you like I know in the winter I'm more likely to want to stay in bed in Mm -hmm. summer I'm more likely to get up straight away and I think it is important to listen to what is working for you at the time instead of having to force something even if you might see something on like an Instagram 
entrepreneur page saying like get up at five o'clock and do all these things and um you know that's how you're going to succeed and get ahead in life and people put so much pressure on themselves and I think there may be a certain time of your life when you might have to do that but if you're just trying to you know you could be going through anything whatever it is and you might just need to be a little bit kind to yourself and get yourself back on track listen to your body take small steps every single day do what makes you feel good exactly and in time that will that will progress you further than going full out burn, you know 100 miles an hour burn out and then you probably feel like you're taking 10 steps back and I think like yeah. we all we all go through that pressure don't we of thinking like I should really be doing this or I'm not doing enough I'm not where I should I want to be in life and it can just really like you say go down a rabbit spiral yeah yeah completely and I think it's um again I think this goes back to people being real you know when you're creating content because people can listen and be like oh well yeah I don't feel as bad because it is it is quite normal to kind of go through different periods or even from day to day of how you feel and what it is that you want to do and yeah have have healthy habits and work towards implementing them but I always say do it with self-love do it with kindness to yourself yeah um no absolutely um I, I fall victim to that a lot it's interesting because my boyfriend is very much like a all right let's get out of bed we got to get to it and I'm just like I'm I'm kind of like maybe the other balance I feel like I'm almost more relaxed and I'm like we can rest we don't have to get like we have the he's like won't have a meeting until two and he's like all right I gotta get and he works for himself so he's like all right I gotta get out of bed I'm like why like you are giving yourself a little anxiety attack here like let's just relax and I feel like he's like come sometimes my opposite in that way um we even each other out I think because I'm like all right let's just but he's also very my dad does the same thing like he always wants to like cram a gazillion things at once and I've been again like this goes with my boundaries I'm like dad I'm tired I don't want to do and he's always helping me with my house and stuff I'm like we did a lot today I'm proud of the work that we did you know I'm I'm exhausted you're getting cranky and I don't want to hear it so let's be done for the day ah yeah I love that and I definitely think having that having that balance is is really vital um do you do any meditation or you do you not do that um I'm actually pretty bad. My interesting that you bring that up. My dad has always been very, um, he is a fifth degree black belt in Chinese martial arts and he's since picked up Tai Chi. Um, and so from a young age, I remember him telling me to go, I was like really worked up about something. And from a young age, he was like, go outside and like meditate. So like as a kid, I'm like, I'm sitting there with my legs folded and like my fingers, like, you know, my pointer finger, my thumb touching, like trying to like do like an um. And I'm like, well, what do I think about? And my dad was like, nothing. And I, to this day, like, it's so hard for me to meditate and think of nothing, but I only do it. Like I'll, I, I find myself in a more meditative state if I'm doing like a very, again, like walking or like taking a bath or like doing something that's more self-care oriented, I find that I can meditate a little bit more. It's sometimes difficult for me to just like sit there and try to think of nothing. Um, but I used to do yoga um, and that helped with that as well. But again, there's like a movement aspect of that. Um, so I usually can't just sit there and meditate. Um, but I think that's also something to be said about societies. There's this notion that meditation for some people, it is sitting there and just being calm and still in the present moment for other people. Like for me, it's movement of the body and also just being in the present moment. And that's what, that's unfortunately the best that I can do. Do you meditate? 
Yeah, yeah, I do. I create my own meditations as well. Um, I love walking meditations. So I first discovered them from Dr. Drew Dispenza's work. And I've I've made a couple myself on my on my YouTube channel, but you know, I've only had my YouTube channel for a few months and I, I don't have many subscribers, but the, one of the videos that I did do, which was a walk of meditation, did really well. Um, and I love creating them because I'm the same as you. I like the, the idea of walking, whether it's on a treadmill or in nature, listening to something that's empowering and enables me to connect with the future. So like my future, like my future self, my next level self, wherever you want to call it, manifesting and bringing those things, you know, like you were saying, putting on the vision board, like what you want to bring into your life but you're visualizing it and feeling the emotions in the present whilst you're walking I just think that's I don't know I just really enjoy that I will listen to some ASMR positive affirmations like when I'm on my walks as well from Spotify Um, and that's always the best but sometimes like I don't know I'm not like a big um, you know sometimes I just like will just mute my phone and um, just be in nature and just like try to think of nothing while I'm like well usually I'm like focused on my dog like not trying to I mean he's he's a boy so he like I feel like I'm stopping every five seconds for him to take a bathroom break but I'll have to check your walking meditations out uh yeah thank you definitely I'll send you I'll send you a link over so you can yeah please do yeah, I will do. And so, yeah, it's, I think meditation, you know, I agree. It's that misconception of having to sit and try and think of nothing and clear the mind. But meditation's not about clearing your mind. It's about being present and you can meditate in anything that you're doing as long as you're within the moment. So um, I love that. I love that we can relate to the fact that you like walking meditations too. Yeah, I, um, I've been asked to do a lot more of like ASMR positive affirmations for my Spotify yeah. channel because sometimes it's hard for people to like listen to YouTube when on a walk. So you um, should, and, yeah, you should. Yeah, I, I usually just take the audio from my videos and I'll re-upload to Spotify, but I, I've been asked to like do like a custom one for Spotify, of like three minute, just like things like that. So um, I've actually been working on that for a couple of weeks now, so we'll see if I ever um, get it live and up. So <laughs> fingers well, crossed. That, yeah, that'll be exciting. And I think it, it can be good when you, you've had a stressful day or you've got a stressful day coming up and you just need that moment of calmness and connecting with nature. Like I'm really big on being in nature and just um connecting with yourself and, and the energies and trees so I'm not going to go too much into it like but I just think it can really help with your mental well-being and connecting to the intuition so um, the affirmations part goes hand in hand with that as well yeah I think it's all I have a friend of mine who like strongly believes in in mental and physical health being like intertwined and I obviously feel better when I eat something like nourishing instead of something that I like have a craving for because I have quite mm. a sweet tooth oh definitely the mind to body connection is everything you know when you're you know if you are nervous about something immediately your body you have you might get stomach cramps or you know you might just or even like butterflies so the the body responds to what the mind thinks and it's how you control the body to result in what you attract into your life energetically Mm -hmm. absolutely uh amazing lily i can't believe how quickly this episode has gone time flies when you're talking about things you're passionate about it it does it's very true but before you do go where can people find you if they want to find like listen to more of your stuff 
Yeah, absolutely. So I go by Liliana D on my personal socials, but which are, I still like, I have ASMR on TikTok if you guys don't have the attention span for a full video. Um, L-I-L-L-I-A-N-A-D-E-E. Um, and then I'm Lily Whispers, L-I-L-Y Whispers ASMR on YouTube and then also on Instagram if you're into Instagram ASMR content. Uh, Lily, thank you so much for your time. I've really enjoyed recording this episode. And like I said at the beginning, I think it was before we started recording. This is very different to previous episodes I've done with guests talking about ASMR and you know, content creation safety. But I think it'll be really useful for people to listen, whether they like ASMR or not. Yeah, and I hope, you know, for people who have a curiosity for what it is, it's not really something to be watched maybe with friends. I think you should just try it if you're open to it. Just sit there when you have your face mask on or you're getting ready for bed and just put on a video and try it out for yourself. Definitely <laughs> well. helps. If you don't try, then you don't know, do you, whether it's exactly. exactly. Uh, Lily, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for having me.